0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen Podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon.
1: Yeah. And things are changing faster than ever in the events industry. So we reached out to some experts to give us some insights into what event professionals are doing to quickly pivot their event strategy.
0: Today, we have Paul Van Deventer, CEO of Meeting Planners International, or MPI, to get his insights about the current events landscape.
1: Yeah, and we really enjoyed talking to him and getting his perspective. And I really appreciated his message about the importance of meeting professionals, taking care of themselves and their families during this
0: time. For sure. And the optimism about the future. You know, while things are tough right now and virtual events are part of so many discussions, in person events will come back stronger than ever.
1: That's right. So let's get to our conversation with Paul.
0: So excited to have you here, Um, MPI, huge fan. Why don't we just start off with having a little bit of background. How did you end up at MPI?
2: Well, before I even get there, I just want to say, like many of you out there, um, I am also working virtually. I've got the pleasure of uh, being in my home uh, in San Diego, California. Normally, I'm working out of our Dallas headquarters, and um, uh, for better or worse, this is the longest I've ever been home, I think, since uh, since I began my career over 30 years ago. So uh, it's been a wonderful experience, really bonding with the family and, and spending more time uh, together has been the nice upside of this. Uh, MPI um, is just an incredible organization and um, I was blessed and fortunate enough to have received a phone call um, a little over seven years ago about the opportunity to come and lead MPI as a CEO. And every so often in life when you are approached or uh, been given a decision and you come to that fork in the road, you fortuitously take the right turn on that fork. And when it comes to MPI and the opportunity I've had here, it has been one of the best decisions and maybe one of the better decisions I've ever had in my life. Uh, MPI is an amazing organization. It is the largest global association for meeting and event professionals. Its focus is on developing the professionalism of our industry and those who work in it. And this industry, which I did not really have a great familiarity with before I started this, is just amazing in the impact it has. It drives innovation, creativity, economic change and development. So being part of that and being able to have this opportunity to lead the MPI community is just been a blessing for me. Our community, are the innovators, the geniuses, the facilitators of these great events that change the world. And as our tagline says, and I've come to truly believe and to personalize myself, is when we meet, we change the world. And MPI is here to help those who develop those events that change the world. So I am in a great place.
0: When you say, Paul, that event planners are probably some of the best people.
2: (laughs) They are absolutely. They They are innovative, they're creative, they're social creatures, which we're all suffering a little bit right now, but they love to be together. They're hospitable by nature. So they work great in the hospitality industry. And they're just amazingly productive individuals who really can make things happen in ways that you would never imagine with the resources they have. They, they get things done and they get it done fast, efficiently, and with great benefit to society and to economies.
0: And always with a smile on their face. <laughs>
2: always with a smile. I think it's what consider the number four or five most stressful job in the world. Yeah. Um, but you don't really get that too much from the planners. They they really, if they're in this and they've been in for a while, it's because it's a passion, it's their calling. And that comes out. And I, I think, you know, maybe unfortunately because it's so challenging, you do you do weed out individuals very quickly who think it looks like a fun, sexy job, which it can be, um, but the pressure and the hard work isn't always as well known outside the industry. So I, I I'm just commend those who stay with it because I know what it takes to be a very good meeting professional.
1: Yeah, and I have to say that I, I, most of our, our listeners or a big chunk of them are meeting professionals, and they probably look to MPI for guidance on a lot of things. And given where we're at right now, I think we probably do want to know more about like how to proceed or like what, what's coming up. I just want to know, like in your opinion, what do you foresee is the biggest you know, long-term change that we're going to see as a result of this current crisis that we're in right now?
2: Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, I think what is common um, And if you look back, you will see, we learn something from every crisis. Uh, We, we, as a society, as an industry, um, take great uh, pride in learning lessons and improving and moving forward. And I don't think uh, this will be any different. Um, This is like no crisis we've experienced before, but I think we will learn a great deal from it. And starting probably from a broader economic perspective, I think the whole, concept of business continuity, uh, including the strength of balance sheets and the ability to weather a situation like this is gonna become really at the forefront of every industry, every business, small to large. Um, Those who had not been thinking about or have been planning for a discontinuation of business like this will be thinking about it going forward. So that is maybe a broad brush of what I think will come out of this overall. Uh, For our industry, I look at some of the things I've experienced in my seven years um, with with recessions and terrorist um, uh, situations and safety situations. We as an industry really quickly react to learn from each other and help each other think about how we can ensure the well-being and safety of our attendees. Our our duty of care for the attendees comes first and foremost. So, what will probably come out of this is an increased focus on the wellness of the attendee. What are we going to be thinking about in getting them to the event? What happens at the event, and ensuring they get out of that event and back to their home in a safe, secure manner? So, where we've probably up to this point have looked at it a little more from the safety and security side, I think we're going to be adding an additional layers around the wellness. And that wellness won't be just around the the physical health, it's going to be around the mental health as well.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And we're sort of in this weird time right now, and a lot of meeting planners and professionals are talking about virtual events. Like if, if virtual events is something we hear every single day, but when we come out of this sort of new normal, how big of a role do you think that virtual events are going to play?
2: Well, again, if I, if I, I'm sorry if I keep saying look to history. Um, I was a history major in college, probably because I couldn't get any other degree because I um, but I enjoyed it and I had fun in it, so I, I focused on it. Uh, but I do tend to look to history a lot. Um, so everything I do, I, I try to go to go backwards. Um, I took over this role in 2013, and that was coming out of the Great Recession. And when I took the role, there was literally the assumption in the industry, almost all of the major research studies that MPI was funding or other groups were funding were on virtual events and how they're gonna replace live events. So that was the mental state of, we won't have the same kind of budgets, we won't be able to travel, we need to constrict meetings, how do we do them virtually? What you saw from 2013 until just the last couple of months in my tenure has been an explosion of the amount of face-to-face meetings, the scale of them, the complexity of them. They have been supplemented by technology. They've used technology to reach out and broaden the scope of impact of those meetings. But they didn't go away, and they weren't replaced by virtual. And I think the same exact thing is going to occur here. Virtual is an amazing tool. And it's helping all, all of us maintain business continuity through this crisis. But I think we're also seeing the shortcomings of it. Uh, it works great, three of us right now on the line. Add two more people, it starts getting a little more cumbersome. I've done a few calls with 30 to 50 people. Um, We've gotten through it, but I can't say they were productive. Uh, I believe that what will happen is virtual will continue to grow. It'll continue to have a place, but those virtual meetings, almost like social media did, will create reasons for meeting even further. And they'll reach a point of that virtual meeting will get to a complexity level where you can't achieve it anymore virtually, and you push yourself to saying, let's get together face to face. So I think two things will occur. One is virtual will get better, and it'll help the live event become more efficient and broaden the reach of the live event. And also virtual will become more common, but create more reasons for face-to-face meetings. So maybe that's my optimist view, but I, I truly believe looking back at what happened out of 2008, the same will occur here.
0: Yeah, Cody, it's kind of like we were talking to a planner earlier today, right? And he said almost exactly the same thing, that, yeah, he had to pivot to virtual really quickly, but moving forward, he doesn't see all their events being virtual, maybe having a virtual component, but certainly face to face is where they would like to be.
1: Yeah, I love that we don't think about it really as a dichotomy. You don't need to choose virtual or in-person. Right. I think at some point in the future, it's going to be a hybridization between the two. And that's really exciting to me, I think. I yeah. like what you said about social media too, where it's a way to connect people initially, but at some point, you're not going to be able to get the face-to-face interaction that humans really need and really crave. So I love this idea that you know it's potentially going to change into something new that we hadn't really even experienced in the past. Yeah. Yep. And Um, that's
2: what you find, you know, you talk about the greatness and skills, Brooke, of meeting professionals, they're innovative and they grab on to new ideas and new concepts and integrate it into what they've done traditionally to take a step forward. And I have no doubt that the professionals in this industry are going to grab on this as an opportunity to say, how do I make that live event more valuable and a better return for the attendees and more sustainable long term? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, Paul, I know you said earlier that you started out as a history major, but you've been working with MPI since 2013 and you're the CEO and chair of the events industry council. I mean, you have incredible oversight in the industry. And, 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 but like, what about like the, the pressure that's coming along with it? I mean, this has gotta be like an, a, a very challenging situation to navigate through. How are you handling all the stress of this current situation in your role?
2: Yeah, well, um, it has been, uh... <clears throat> Probably the most challenging three or four week concentrated period of of my 30 plus year career. Uh, the um, the <clears throat> kind of um, the business continuity elements, um, the team focus for me, my staff. Uh, we've had to make like any many other organizations some really tough decisions on on controlling cash um, and cash flow, and that's. Pushed us to make some hard decisions. Uh, when you look at the roles in the Event Industry Council and the critical role they're playing in helping get the message out to legislators around the importance of this industry to make sure we're getting the right support, there's been a lot of time and effort there. So definitely cram full, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Um, and then you take the wellness side of it from a personal side and a family side to make sure your family's doing okay, uh, that you're doing okay, you're taking care of yourself. I um, I've had three um, uh, of my my children, two of my children and a uh, future daughter-in-law all have have come down with the virus, uh, all blessedly came out of it, um, uh, two after a pretty tough battle. But you have all that going on. So it is important. And I one of the things I'm trying to do, Brooke, is, is um, practice what I preach. So when I talk to my employees, when I'm talking to my fellow council members on EIC, I keep saying over and over again, don't forget yourself. Don't forget your mental health. Um, as we as humans crave social interaction, just at a time we need it most under this stressful situation, we're pulling away from the social interaction. We're taking away the best ways to relieve stress for many individuals, whether that's gathering in a, in a pub or a restaurant, whether it's going out and exercising at a gym, whether it's heading to the beach and socializing um, or boating, uh, it's all being pulled away. So what I've been trying to do is practice what I preach, uh, make sure I take that those mental timeouts. Uh, I've gotten back to something I need to do anyway, and um, and I think it's uh, hopefully gonna be a positive trend, getting just walking, uh, taking the our poor dog, his legs is big and they're getting walked off because we got five people living back at home and that little puppy's been running 10, 15 miles a day between us because we're, we're going out, we're doing walks, we're, we're getting more engaged as a family um playing games uh doing puzzles um watching shows together but taking that mental time to interact and let the stress go away for a little bit it's important for everyone and if you're alone and you're you're quarantined by yourself use technology like this reach out to friends uh make sure you're connecting i i have three older brothers and um we're not of the technology era uh, but I've gotten them on a Zoom call. Boy, the first one was a riot, trying to get them to figure out which button to push and, and trying to walk them through it. But we haven't had that sort of dialogue before. And it's been wonderful to catch up. And we're in four different parts of the world and spend time together on Zoom was great. And, um, you know, so doing, thinking about yourself, thinking about your mental self, reconnecting, making sure you're socializing, it's important for all of us. Or, or we're not going to come out of this with the wellness we need when it turns around and to be able to drive our industry and our economy forward again. So that was a bit of a long-winded answer. I'm sorry, but uh, That's I think great. practice what you preach and focus on yourself a little bit. Take some time to breathe.
0: I absolutely agree with that. Now, Cody and I are very good friends in real life. So we love a good happy hour, but to your point, we were missing that social interaction. So lots of zoom happy hours happening. My mom just learned to use zoom as well. It was pretty awesome. Um, I think, I think all of that is is super spot on because as soon as this is all over we're going to be going 25 million miles an hour at whatever the next the next thing is and, and kind of getting back on our feet. Yep. Um, and I know, you know, when I go to look for information, MPI website is one of the first places I go and Thank I saw you. that you were talking a lot about emergency preparedness on your website. Can you tell us a little bit more about that risk mitigation and how and when you make decisions like Am I going to postpone my meeting? Am I going to cancel it? Am I going to pivot to virtual? How does that even start?
2: Well, uh, let's start with the reality of today. Sometimes it's not in your control. Um, You know, there's certain situations where you just have to cancel. Uh, If if all of a sudden your destination freezes travel or or meetings, uh, that's a situation we really have not experienced before. So, take that one out of the the discussion for a moment because. To me, it begins with pre-meeting preparation. Uh, One of the things we emphasize in our training is to ensure you have thought through those situations before you actually get to them. And not just thinking them through, having the right emergency preparedness plan in place and the right dialogue with all the key players that you're going to have to interact with to make that decision. Uh, If you're hosting an event at a certain destination, Have you, in your preparedness, met with or reached out to the first responders, to um, the local convention visitor bureau, uh, to the venue managers, and talked about who would be the response team? Who are we going to work with if something triggers? Who's our first group to bring together? And then what trigger points do we go through to decide what we have to respond to? Was that a a health situation, which is a natural disaster? Uh, Is it a situation like this where it's a government uh, mandate where they're shutting things down? So to me, it's about preparedness, which is a meeting planner's ace. Uh, That's what they're great at. Uh, What we found in a frightening way is coming out of uh, the Las Vegas um, shootings in 2017, less than a third of planners actually had that disaster preparedness plan in place. So we've been trying to educate and get the message out and put resources out there to help planners put those in place, think them through, engage with the right people. So first off, make sure you have the plan, you've thought it through. And then if you get to it, it's really about escalating that decision process, gathering as much data as you can, as fast as you can, bringing in into that uh, decision tree, the key players, Uh, who am I working with as a um as a venue who am i working with as a destination who's funding the event make sure you're talking to them and then trying to get the pulse of your attendee what's their vibe you know we're we're making a decision right now about our big annual conference which is scheduled uh coming up um very fast in june june 6th through 9th in texas and we're we're taking a pulse of our community will you even be able to travel will your spirit mentally be ready to travel Um, are there better alternatives for us so we're going through that decision tree but it's really closely involved with our community with the destination with grapevine texas with the venues we're hosting it at the hotels and and other venues it's not a lone decision it has to be a very inclusive decision
0: absolutely and i think cody we talked to somebody recently about crisis management and she said even like figuring out who is going to be communicating that decision out, right? Like it's probably coming from you, Paul, or, you know, it it can't just come from anyone and it needs to be a really thoughtful decision when you do reach out.
2: It's a thoughtful decision for sure. And hopefully um, they've done that plan ahead of time. So you're just pulling the plan book out and saying, okay, now we need to go to page three, uh, item four, and here's where we go. And yeah, if if you've been around MPI um, for a little bit, when we were in Vegas a few years ago, we had a, a similar um, need for a quick decision. Um, our keynote speaker, our primary speaker of the whole event was Magic Johnson. Um, people were excited to see him. Uh, we had promoted him. It was a big deal to have him as a keynote. The night before at around 9.30 at night, the night before he's gonna speak, I get a call from his agent He had just taken the role as the president of the LA Lakers, and they were working on a major trade with another team, and he was no longer gonna be able to make it to Vegas. So he couldn't speak. So we spent the whole night trying to come up with a plan for our 3000 plus attendees of who was gonna appear on that stage. And it all became part of that strategy. First of all, what's our situation? Uh, What are our alternatives? How are we then gonna communicate it? Who's gonna communicate it? And my team had really in preparation had a lot of this already laid out. And so it was really, I wouldn't say simple because there was a lot of moving parts and it was we were all up all night, but they executed it flawlessly. And we communicated in a way where we got unbelievable feedback, very positive feedback from our attendees saying that that turned out to be one of the most valuable sessions they'd ever attended. And the way they learned from us and how we reacted to it was a huge experience for them to take back into their own world.
0: Well, don't bury the lead, Paul. Who was the keynote speaker?
2: I know, I'm dying. To, <laughs> who, who did you pivot <laughs> yeah. to? So, well, we didn't pivot to a keynote speaker, we pivoted to a compilation of um, different parts of entertainment as well as speakers. Nice. But what they most valued is as soon as we were done with that two hour session, which was over a lunch is we then said we're now hosting an impromptu panel with all the people who are key to putting this together in the last 18 hours. And we had half of the attendees stayed in that room for two hours and were able to ask questions and learn from the planners, the venue managers, um, the communication experts, uh, the head of the CVB, how this came about and how we were able to pull this off and then communicate it out. So that's what they learned that's from cool.
0: That's so cool. It's like kind of exposing what the problem was and then real in real time kind of teaching everybody how you handle that. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It's it's learning from that. that Oh, oh, crap moment. Right.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: I love that. I love that we're talking about emergency preparedness. And I just want to like recap, you guys, MPI.org slash trusted resources. I was playing around on there yesterday and there's so much good information there. Please go there if you're interested in learning a little bit more about that. I, I I do want to ask you, Paul, though, this situation that we're currently in right now, it's so easy to focus on being negative and it's so easy to focus on just like the things that we're missing out on. I mean, in your opinion, what has inspired you the most during this time period?
2: Well, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but um, history. Uh, you know what? The reality is, first of all, um, our our world, our society has had a global crisis. and Uh, Every time we've come out of them, we come out of them sometimes in short order, sometimes a little longer. I believe this one will be in short order. Uh, But what happens is our society naturally comes together and they persevere. Our industry is incredibly resilient and we're an incredibly strong community that's going to help each other out. And I am seeing that already. I'm seeing in the short term how our community is reacting and bolstering each other up. I'm seeing how our governments are stepping in where they need to, to help all industries and businesses remain together and to be able to come through this. And what happens, whether it's world wars, whether it's other global major recessions, whether it's been pandemics, our societies come together and we always come out of these stronger and we learn from them and we adopt. You're gonna see, and I'm already seeing new industries being developed. You're seeing entrepreneurs stepping into voids. You're seeing technological and science, scientific creations and developments, innovations that are occurring that may not have happened without this. And they're gonna help us in even bigger ways coming forward. So that's where I take my hope and optimism. It's looking backwards, knowing that we've come through things like this before and we get better because of them. And I look at our industry and I truly believe that live events, business events, are gonna be a key driver to bring society back and to drive that innovation and to push the value of that innovation out. So I'm, I'm just extremely excited to be where I am within the live events industry and to be in the roles I am with Event Industry Council and MPI. So it's, it's a great, great place to think about from a future perspective to help me get through the tough days we're in right now.
1: God, yeah, that is really inspiring. And I I do think I agree with you. I think that it, when this is all said and done, like we're going to come out stronger than ever. And there are new things that are happening right now that we're going to adopt that we didn't even dream of last year. So I, I think it's a time to also be really optimistic about what things are going to look like in the end. So Paul, I got to ask like, you know, if you, ha- if you had to leave our, our event planners or our audience really with one takeaway, um, you know, with our current situation, what would that be? And like, is there anything else you think our audience really should know?
2: Uh, I'll, I'll circle back to something I said earlier take care of yourselves, um, take care of your mental and your physical self. Be safe, be well. There is hope. Uh, we will come out of this, we're going to be better and stronger. Your role may look different, your job might be different, but there's gonna be great opportunities. There's, there's opportunities for entrepreneurs, there's opportunities for hard workers. Planners, meeting professionals are gonna be critical to this turnaround. So take care of yourself. So we have you here to help us in the future.
0: I really appreciate that message, Paul. I think it's it's really, really important for us to remember to take care of ourselves. It's so easy when you're working from home, you're walking by your computer every five minutes to not sit down and answer a few emails and just taking that break and enjoying you know the time that you have with your family and, and just taking care of yourself and others. Yeah. Um, so much good information today. Again, I mean, this was just such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, we do have some resources. We want to make sure the audience we mentioned it before but the mpi.org Trusted resources. Is there anything else you would recommend our audience looking at if they wanted to get up to speed on what's going on right now?
2: Well, I, first, thank you for mentioning um, mpi.org and, and the trusted resource area. I I want to thank my team. Um, I want to give them a shout out if I can uh, uh, the MPI staff while all under their own stress, all under their own family stress, has just done an amazing job of stepping into responding to this crisis in the trying to benefit our community, looking at what we can do to help, not just MPI members, but the whole community. What kind of education we can provide, what kind of access to information, how can we curate what's out there, which is a bit overwhelming some days, to help people. So that's a great resource page, but it wouldn't happen without some really dedicated, hardworking individuals on the MPI staff behind the scenes. So I want to give them the shout out. Um, In addition to to MPI's resource, there's many other great associations out there that are also curating information, providing education. So I'd look to other associations. Uh, I'd look for groups like the Event Industry Council. That's a compilation of 33 uh, key associations and look at their web pages. Uh, the daily clipping services that I get from groups like MPI or U.S. travel or some of the other associations are incredibly valuable. They let me skim through a lot of the data that's out there. Um, you know, for better or worse, I listen to a lot of news services. Um, you know, I try I try to listen to multiple ones so I can create my own blend in between of where fact and fiction may lay. Um, but it's important to, to get that outside news as well. Um, and... Um, and then just you know look at a lot of areas um, where you might find um, maybe not traditionally, but in these cases, you know I'm reaching out or, or getting information from a lot of government website pages, um, accounting firms who are doing a lot of um, uh, distilling of the complex support that's out there. Uh, so there's a lot of places I'm turning to for for data and information that I might not have before. But I think starting with your your association. Um, whatever that might be, hopefully it's MPI, but if it's not, um, whoever it is, I know all of my colleagues are doing a great job with their teams and putting incredible information out there. And, and one of the things MPI has done, which again was our team's recommendation and uh, we embraced it internally, is uh, all of our web information, all of our web training, our education is out there free right now for anyone in the industry, and anyone outside the industry anyone would like to access over 400 different classes out there for people who want to get information whether it's on disaster recovery and business continuity or learning about this career and helping themselves get better
0: i love it and i bet you have a new favorite podcast now too i do all right
2: (laughs) Yeah, make well, sure this link to my whole family, so they can enjoy <laughs> watching it.
0: You're famous, yeah. Well, thank you, Paul, for joining us today on this very special video cast edition. Honestly, this was a fantastic conversation, Cody, and I really appreciate you just stepping in to talk to us about all these important subjects. You know, Cody, I think I said this after we stopped recording, but it was so heartwarming to hear Paul give accolades to his MPI team. They're certainly working extra hard these days to keep the meetings industry informed.
1: I totally agree. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. You can check out our episode description for a link to additional resources about virtual events.
0: And if anyone out there is also handling event shifts to virtual or postponing, and you have tips or tricks you'd like to share, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show. And next week will be another great episode. So talk to you then. Bye. Bye.